In the morning, when you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot in the 49ers win over the Dolphins. They won that game 33-17. to uh, Tua left with an ankle injury as well, but he's apparently going to be fine. But Garoppolo broke his foot. Brock Purdy came in, played quarterback for the 49ers. Garoppolo's season is over. San Francisco is 8-4. and four. They lead the uh, West by one game over Seattle. Prior to this injury, I would have said they've got a legitimate shot to take down the Cowboys and or Eagles. Do you still think they have a legitimate shot to win the NFC if Brock Purdy is their quarterback? Mr. Irrelevant? I believe that's who he was. Yeah, out of Iowa State. Out of Iowa State. No, I do not. I don't think Brock Purdy has the ability to win the division and beat the Cowboys and or the Eagles. I mean... They've been playing without a quarterback this whole season. <laughs> well, this is not this is at least a <laughs> lateral move. They won in Green Bay to go to the NFC title game while scoring 10 points last year. If there is a team that can win the NFC without an actual quarterback, uh, it is San Francisco. I just I think Dallas and Philly are too good. That, that San Francisco is not going to be able to do it for San Francisco to beat Dallas and or Philly. Cause they might end up having to beat both. Um, I think they're going to need a quarterback to make at least some, some plays. big plays. Yes. Some plays. And listen, and maybe Brock Purdy, maybe Brock Purdy does it right. Like maybe Brock Purdy's like, Oh yeah, that one game I got the Taylor Heineke in me. I can make four or five plays and we win the game. But it seems very unlikely, and I think this kind of dashes San Francisco, yeah. who, I, again, I thought, obviously, they're behind Philly and Dallas, but I thought they had a legitimate chance to win the NFC and, and play for the Super Bowl. Without Garoppolo, that's tough. And by the way, how many teams lose two legitimate starting quarterbacks in one season? Like, they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo, partially because they couldn't find a trade partner, but it was like, all right, we've got depth behind Trey Lance. Yeah, behind Trey. They, they lose, lose Trey Lance. They lose Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And it's like, ah, we, at least we drafted that Brock Purdy guy with last. the last pick of the draft. So Brock Purdy it is. I kind of hope this guy has a few big games because that would be fun. His brother, by the way, is Chuba Purdy. Chuba Purdy. I think yeah. Chuba Purdy. We really need one point offered a scholarship by Marcus Arroyo and UNLV, but he did not go to UNLV. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they need to re-recruit him. <laughs> is he in the portal? You're asking me dumb questions, guys. Really dumb questions, Jesus. You will notice our Chiefs fan who controls all of the audio you hear has not played a single highlight from the Chiefs game, which he normally does on Mondays. I would guess that's because they lost to the Bengals 27-24, to and that is three straight losses against the Bengals for the Kansas City Chiefs, which obviously includes last year's AFC title game. It, I mean, the touchdown by Patrick Mahomes was impressive, but the fumble by Travis Kelsey was so self-inflicted that I was like, you know what? Let's see what the Raiders are up to. Uh, we talked earlier with Alex Kirshner about uh, analytics. Andy Reid might have made the worst decision of yep. the weekend. Uh, he attempted a 55-yard field goal on fourth and five uh, when they were down three with 324 left. 
the Chiefs did not touch the ball yeah. again. Cincinnati was able to run the clock out. I'm sorry. I know no matter how big a leg the guy has, that's a big ass. It is. 55. 55. Really. So I don't care who it is. It's a big ass. And here's the, like, one of the one of the reasons coaches punt is field position, right? They're like, oh, yeah, we punt, and even though we could get it, we don't want to give them the ball at midfield. We can punt and pin them back inside the 10. Josh McDaniels did that yesterday. When like, you elect to kick the field goal, if you miss the field goal, Field position. Right. You, you That whole yeah. argument about field position is gone. Yeah. Uh, and when you have Patrick Mahomes, you should absolutely be going for it. I think actually last week when I was criticizing McDaniels, I said, what would Andy Reid do with Patrick Mahomes? Oh, he'd go for it. And then Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes <laughs> didn't go for it. So maybe I shouldn't use that as an example. But uh, not that Kansas City would have necessarily won had they simply gone for it there. Uh, they also, by the way, punted once the Chiefs did and lost. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, how many one times time? has that happened? I think they had one possession in the first quarter. Like Cincinnati, just every time Cincinnati touched the ball. All right, we've got it for eight minutes, boys. Well, we've also talked about it now. They're going to have to hope Buffalo loses twice. Yeah. They, so uh, that, nine and three, they're tied. I, only once. If, if Kansas City well, wins out, only once. They're tied now, nine okay, and three. Okay. Yeah. If they stay, if they stay it though, Buffalo obviously has a tiebreaker. Right. Yes. If they they're both nine and three, Buffalo has a tiebreaker. If Kansas City wins out, they need one Buffalo okay. loss. Kansas City probably won't win out. Like usually, teams lose even if it's a ra- like the Bills lost. What was it to the Jags last year? Like nine to six. Right. Like teams are going to lose a random game here and there. But if they do win out, they need one Buffalo loss to get the top seed, which is a big deal now because that's the only one that gets a bye. Yeah, great question. Yeah, again, great question. The Browns beat the Texans in Deshaun Watson's debut. Um, by the way, mm. Jared mentioned it earlier. It was 5 nothing one point. How did we get to 27-14? How did we get a normal yeah. score out of this game that was like 7-5 to at one point? The Browns, though, they scored three touchdowns. One was a punt return. Two were defensive touchdowns. Yeah. They did not score an offensive touchdown. Deshaun Watson was only 12-22 of 22 for 131 yards and one pick. Um, I saw a video of the few Texans fans that were there uh, chanting "No means no" at Deshaun Watson uh, when they were backed creative. up. Yeah, uh, when they were backed up in their own end zone, uh, chanting "No means no" from the uh, stands in the end zone. But Did, Deshaun Watson sucked. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think, and I think didn't Jeff Erickson say to stay away from him this week? Jeff Erickson's response was meh. He was like, "I don't know if this guy's going to be a top ten fantasy quarterback or he's going to be terrible because he hasn't played in well, two years." We now know. Yeah, was not good. Did you see the fan with the shirt that was in the Browns color that says, boy, I need a massage? No. Just very gross. Is it Browns colors? Yes. Is that is that pro Watson or anti Watson? I don't. It was in Browns colors. So, so it was probably pro Watson. Probably pro Watson if it's in Browns colors. Yeah. yeah. Who, who are these people, by the way? I've talked about this before, how I feel bad for Browns fans because like, oh, you're a Browns fan your whole life and then your organization decides we're going to go get Deshaun Watson and you have to be like, do I still cheer for my team? Do I kind of not care? Like, what what do you do if you're a Browns fan? The people who are like, oh, I'm embracing this. I'm showing up to games and I'm pro Deshaun. Like, I don't feel bad for you. No. Not at all. You're just an idiot. But like, legitimately, I do feel bad for a lot of Browns fans because they've got to decide, do I continue to cheer for my favorite team or and just sort of try to ignore that. But then there's that guy who's like, oh, yeah, free Deshaun Watson shirts or something like that. Happy to move on to the the next question here, Aaron. Lamar Jackson left the Ravens game. Mm. Caleb Huntley replaced him, and the Ravens beat the Broncos 10-9. They scored a game-winning touchdown in the final minute. It was the only touchdown scored in the game. 
Brandon McManus for the Broncos did miss a game, potential game-winning 63-yard field goal. I have not seen an update. Have you guys seen an update on Lamar Jackson and how serious it is? No, but no. okay. I know Jimmy G's done. Tua, they said it's not very serious. I did not see an update on Lamar Jackson about how serious it was. Uh, but it is one side note off the um, off the Ravens. The Broncos are just hilarious. I was going to say we have seen oh. an update on Nathaniel Hackett. It just hasn't been made official. Oh yet. my god! This team, I'm tell, I keep telling you guys, they need to play every game in primetime. Every game is going to be so hilariously bad that it's a close game and it's funny. They lost a game where they only gave up a touchdown in the final minute. <laughs> this is genuinely what it, this has to be a historic defense as far as like they don't give oh, up they points. Got, I made the mistake yesterday. They're not a quarterback to, uh, away. I made the mistake of not playing their defense yesterday because uh, I thought Lamar might, you know, torch them a little. Their defense at like 19 fantasy points. Their defense is really, really I, good. I think you say their defense, their defense is good. I think the offense, I'll have to look uh, and find this. I think we might be like approaching least points scored in historically two, bad years, offense, 30 years or something like that before the forward pass was invented because they haven't, they've had, they haven't had any like, oh, and they put up 35 today and they, lost. They haven't had that right. every game. They score like 13 points every well, they were, single time. When the Raiders went there, the stat was they would have been either undefeated eight if, or yeah. eight and one had they scored 18 points. Yeah. And I think that's still true because if they had scored 18 yes. against the Raiders, it wouldn't have gone to overtime. And they, would have, they scored 18 yesterday, they win. <laughs> They're so bad. I understand. So, all right. So the, the not calling a timeout Hackett decision, has, have there been like enough where it's clearly you're getting rid of Hackett because you can't get rid of Wilson? Or is it like you both suck? Uh, they, they both suck. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They both are bad. Both are bad. They Everything's can only just bad. go weird to one, though. It's not good for Denver. He's, I mean, he's his, um, you know, I've, I, I've mentioned. The Giants and Commanders tied at 20. Graham Gano missed a 56-yard oh, field goal on the final snap of overtime. So now the Giants are 7-4-1 and and Washington is 7-5-1. and My favorite part of ties is the coaches and players don't know how to react afterwards. Everybody just sort of like mills uh, around. I guess we're going to go shake hands now. I don't know if I'm happy or not. (laughs) Genuinely. And I can't find the sound, but there, there was great sound when Jay Gruden as the Washington coach tied and he was processing live at the podium. Well, you know, it's, it's tough to not get a win. Although I guess we didn't lose. (laughs) He's just like, I don't, I mean, it's not good, but it's not really that bad. <laughs> like he just did the concept of a tie was, I don't, I don't understand. Next question. And wanted to make sure we get to this today. Deion Sanders is leaving Jackson State to become the coach head coach Prime. at Colorado. Have we seen a salary amount? I know before I he got hired, there was a story about how Colorado was going to offer five million or more. Well. For they can afford Sanders. it. They're power five. Co- can power. they though? Did you see I their athletic they're... director's quote? He got asked like, "Hey, you know, where's the money coming from?" And he said, "We don't have it yet, but trust me, we we will." How can they, as a power five school, even though the Pac-12 uh, TV deal isn't what others have, how can they not afford five million dollars a year for a coach? Because seven people showed up to their games. I don't know what the what's the buyout of the guy they fired. 
I don't know, but their AD when asked, where's the I money? I did see the quote. Said, we don't have it but yet. But we're, we're not worried about yeah, it. Yeah, I wasn't worried about it, but we don't have it yet. Well, like, we're going we to got get... this company credit card, <laughs> and we're charging Deion Sanders to the company credit card. It's great. Um, we talked about it already. He The video that's out there of him telling in a team meeting with Colorado players, basically, I'm bringing my own luggage, so hit the transfer portal. What did you think of that? Uh, I thought it was Deion Sanders playing up for the camera, that he was fully aware there was a camera on him and he was going to be in prime mode. And What did you think of him having his son stand up and say, this is your quarterback? <laughs> so here is... Um, also, I'll, I'll ask this as a genuine question. Jackson State's roster. Uh, I saw something that said their actual recruiting rankings were better than Kansas State, who just won the Big 12 title. Right, right. If Deion Sanders just brought Jackson State's roster to Colorado, are they better than 1-11? Because their non-conference schedule was, they played nine conference games, and then their non-conference schedule they was, in the non-conference? I think Tulane, who's really good, TCU, who's really good, and I cannot remember the third one. They Lost them all? Uh, they won the other one that I can't remember. Or did they win a conference? Whatever. I don't know. But they went 1-11 this year. I don't know that Colorado. Yeah, Colorado went one and one. Yeah. Jackson State went twelve or thirteen and right. Croatia just tied the game in the fifty-six minute. Fun World Cup. Um, but I feel like they're probably a little bit better than Colorado, but they're still probably like two and ten. Oh yeah, they're not near right. competing in that conference yet. So the fascinating part is Jack or Deion Sanders saying, "I'm bringing my luggage, and here's my son. He's your new quarterback." I get it that the, the transfer portal has a lot more kids, but like, is he really planning on bringing like here's twenty six kids from Jackson State? And that's I wouldn't how be we're surprised compete? if he did. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Didn't he have the number one recruit in the nation? Like, yeah, he, he, he got a, He did have that guy who he beat Alabama on. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think he'll recruit well. I'm curious to see well. how good he does in the transfer portal. Like, is he landing? The hey of the top fifty transfer portal kids, Deion Sanders got thirteen of them, right, and it's like, watch out, this turnaround's happening quickly, or is it going to be, hey, he's bringing a bunch of Jackson State guys, he's he got, got a few like, guys in the portal, right, and it's like, oh, um, all right, so they're three and nine in year one under Deion Sanders. Is it strange that some of these kids that he's going to be recruiting probably weren't born when they like he was playing, so he's not. He's treading on like I was on TV almost more than he right. was. Oh, I barely remember Deion Sanders. I remember him on video games. Yeah. Like, that's how I remember yeah. him. He, like, yeah. I mean, I, the kids wouldn't remember him as a player. No, not at all. Like, I barely remember Deion Sanders as a player. So, yeah, you're just go. But he's got enough of so a. So would Stephen A. Smith be a good? <laughs> he's got enough of a personality and a brand that people, they know who he is. Right, even if it's not like I don't remember watching him play, they know who he is. All right, coming up next, who's UNLV gonna hire to be their head coach? Rebel Nation, we will win. We'll recruit at a really high level. Uh, the goal is to compete for championships. We'll block out the naysayers together as fans and city and administration and press. We'll do that. We'll build a winner, a, a winner that will last. The enthusiasm and passion in this community is contagious right now. It drew me to this job. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Did he say he was blocking out the press? Yeah, the naysayers. <laughs> uh, he blocked me on Twitter like two days later. Uh, um, he's a blocker. By the way, if we're pulling up old Marcus Arroyo sound, my now favorite quote 
of the Marcus Arroyo era was prior to them playing Hawaii and Nevada when they were four and six and had to win two games to get the bowl eligibility. He got asked in a post-game press conference, do the last two games define the season? And his answer was no. How could they not give him he had to win two of them to be bowl eligible? And now we look back, and not only did they define the season. Defined his job. Yes. <laughs> if he wins those two games, he's still the head coach of UNLV. But he lost one of them, and he is no longer the head coach. Let me ask UNLV. you this. Do you, because North Texas fired their coach. Now he'd been there seven years, uh, although he made a bowl game this year. They're playing Boise State. Given what Eric Harper said about the whole body of work and all of what we you know you and I at that press conference if he's six and six is there still a chance they fire him I would say yes there's still a chance because the reasons Eric Harper fired Marcus Arroyo would still be true right because mm-hmm. here's the thing if you're if you're Eric Harper and you're the AD of UNLV and he even said this when he talked to us about that ah, we want to compete for championships as kind of uh, lofty or dumb as that sounds given that it's UNLV and they've never competed for championships. All the reasons that you fired Arroyo are because you don't believe he's taking you to that level of college football. You don't believe like he fired Arroyo because he doesn't think Arroyo is going to be any good in the future. So if they were six and six, they had beaten a bad Hawaii team. Eric Harper probably feels all the same way that he does about Marcus Arroyo. But I do believe there would be too much external pressure you can't fire a guy that's six and six well that brought you to what your fifth bowl game or whatever it is like you you can easily make the argument even if they had backed into a bowl game like if akron uh had beaten buffalo and they had backed in at five and seven you can as an athletic director be like yeah but this is you know we you know backed our way into this we accidentally got into a bowl game this isn't real but at six and six, you'd be like, well, this is exactly what the, the coach is supposed to do when he's here. Right. So I think the pre- even if he still believed this guy's not taking us there, the 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 external pressure of, well, he went six and six, dude. What do you And expect? he went to a bowl game, and you never go to bowl games. Right. So I, I think it's possible he still could have been fired at six and six, but I think it would have been almost um, an untenable situation for Eric Harper as an AD. A lot of people are mad at him because he fired him at five and seven. Right. Exactly. Right. So six and six and a bowl game. Yeah, I'd assume not. And by the way, Akron and Buffalo. Oh man. You and I were right there. They were right there. Akron got an interception with what was that? Two and a half minutes to go. They were right there. And then fumbled the very next play and gave up a touchdown on that drive on a fourth down. I will say this Akron and Buffalo horrific football game. Highly entertaining, Uh, awful teams. Those teams suck. And I've watched a lot of UNLV football over the years. Those teams are bad. (laughs) I was watching the score the entire time, and I really thought Akron was going to pull it out. They should have pulled it out. I thought UNLV was going to a bowl. They gave up a touchdown on fourth and like 13 or whatever it was. Just bat it down, <laughs> <laughs> and you're and, and UNLV goes to a bowl. That's right. I th- those are bad football teams. Uh, there was my favorite two parts or back to back plays of the game. Uh, there was a pass to a Buffalo receiver that was a little bit high, and the Buffalo receiver jumped. He was landed back on the ground by the time the ball got to him. <laughs> 
And then the very next play, they threw it to him again, and he just outright dropped it. I was like, how's this kid on the field? <laughs> what are we doing here? Oh, that was bad football. And that's what UNLV needed to go to a bowl, to a bowl game. game. But Akron blew it. And Buffalo is in a bowl game. What are the odds UNLV, UNLV kids were watching? I mean, if I was a UNLV player, I would have been watching. And I would have been cussing at the TV every time right. Akron did something bad. Uh, and I'd be telling him they sucked. Um, I was middle of the day. Did they have class? Like, this this I game know. kicked off. At t- this wasn't, hey... Friday at 8 p.m. This, no, was this was Friday, Friday morning at 10 a.m. So I'm guessing they had class. Yeah. But I don't watch it in class. That's what I would have done. i been like, hey, uh, I might be going to Mobile, Alabama teacher. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to watch the Akron Zips take on Buffalo here really quick. Um, but yeah, those teams suck. ESPN cra- ESPN Plus crashed on me literally like literally? five times, and I was just like, "Did I just genuinely watch the final UNLV game on the Mountain West Network?" And it didn't crash until the third quarter, and this thing just every three snaps. What were you watching it on? The computer in here. Oh, that's your oh. problem. I was gonna say it, but I didn't have any issues. You got ESPN it. Plus in here. I mean, it's just a website. Yeah, it's just yeah. a website. <laughs> do, you your, do you have your Do you have your login? Are you, I, you oh, hold it? on, hold on, hold on. I have my sister's log. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Good for you, kid. Let's not, let's not get too crazy. All right. I have my parents' Amazon Prime for Thursdays. And <laughs> for the I Thursday got my, game. I got my sister's uh, ESPN Plus in case UNLV needs to play Poughkeepsie. Might happen. Uh, coming up next, Kevin Kruger joins the show. Loose ball now grabbed by Gilbert. Gilbert gets banged. No call. That is awful. No. That should have been two free throws for Keyshawn Gilbert. What a terrible no call that is. Keyshawn got tackled in the backcourt. But the Rebels play a great half of basketball, and they lead it 38-24. to And Kevin Kruger is absolutely furious, and rightfully so. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now, the <laughs> furious Kevin Kruger. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Doing well, guys. How you doing? Good, good. good. Um, all right. We are going to uh, overreact and overanalyze the first day of net rankings in college basketball. But I'm curious, how much do you pay attention to those when it's only December 5th? None. None? None. Oh, come on, Kevin. You know what you're ranked right now, don't you? I do not. I didn't even know it came out today. Man, Kevin. A strong 44. Yeah. Ahead of the juggernaut of San Diego State. You were on Utah State, New Mexico, and UNLV leading the way for the uh, Mountain West. All right. That's that's good. Uh, Okay, genuine question then. When do you pay attention? Because this is something the committee uses to seed the NCAA tournament, pick the teams for the NCAA tournament. At what point do you start paying attention to things like net rankings? Uh, it'll be a while. Um, you know, there's you know nothing you can do about it now, of course. And you got, you know, I know you're going to have, I'm sure, overreactions. And there's going to be teams that, you know, have brand names and you know known in every home that are really low and people are going to overreact and say they haven't played anybody and do this and that and then they're going to go into their conference and they're going to end up with a great net ranking and and vice versa as well all right 
It's December. Sam 5th. Houston Come State on. seventh. So yeah, Sam, we got to wait. Get a while. Sam Houston State yeah. on the schedule. There's a quad one game for you, the, Kevin. Seventh in the net right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, all right, so I've got a I got a question for you. Your defense this year has been uh, very good, even better than maybe not you expected, but better than a lot of people expected. Even though we thought it was going to be a good defense, but I'm curious, what is it about your team that you can play physical, aggressive, great defense, and you guys don't seem to foul at all? Um, well, I think part of it's our depth. Um, I think guys are able to stay fresh. Uh, you know, they're they're not playing too many minutes or too many possessions where they're just really gassed. And uh, when, when you do, you know, it's really easy to pick up a foul or, or give up an easy bucket when you're, when you're really, really tired. So uh, having the, the, the depth that we've had and able to play as many guys as we can without having a, a letdown in either direction, I think is, has really led to uh, allowing the guys to keep the pressure on defensively and, and keep the energy so that we don't have very long lulls in, in games uh, where teams go on extended runs. On the other side, you shot 75 more free throws than your opponents. Do you like aggressiveness in terms of offensively and how you're getting to the line? Absolutely, and I think that's just uh, that's come as a, a kind of a byproduct of the guys just continuing to play with, with each other and having better spacing. Uh, you know, we've got a handful of guys that can get into the paint, uh, good downhill drivers, and if, if we have good spacing, then you you know you isolate those matchups a lot more. It's uh, it's when we get a little crowded and we kind of don't have uh, good spacing. You know, corners filled where the, the fouls aren't as obvious, or there's really nowhere to go, and and we can get a little log jammed. But as the guys have continued to play with each other, they've kind of understood the emphasis and the importance of getting away from each other and letting each other drive and kick and make plays for each other, and uh, that's kind of been. Uh, the M.O. over the last handful of halves uh, that we've had, even going back to the SoCal Challenge. You guys have had two games, not counting the Life Pacific game, but two games against Division One opponents where you've shot over 40% from three. One was Incarnate Word, and then one was the one you just played in San Diego. Has there been anything that stuck out to you as to why the shooting was better in those two games, or was it just simply guys knocked down shots in those two games? Uh, I think it's both. I think the the shot selection's uh, gotten better every game. Uh, you know, like we just said, uh, with the spacing, you know, better alleys to drive into, uh, easier, cleaner driving kick opportunities, uh, catching the ball, you know, off, off better passes. I think they just they kind of just all go hand in hand. And uh, you know, once one of those dominoes falls in a, in the good direction, uh, usually a couple more go with it. So you know, getting in the paint, driving through the nail. Uh, cleaner passes out from the paint, better rhythm, uh, just all those things I think factor into to shooting it better. And I think that's from game one to you know the game uh, on Saturday. I think uh, you know I think that it's all just a byproduct of of continuing to play and learn each other. Uh, David Walker had four block shots. A lot of times they uh, got in the lane and kicked out instead of going at him. How important, especially as you get into conference, is that kind of game going to be for you guys? Well, it's it's monumental for us because uh you know leading up to that game that was the first game where we haven't had a charge drawn uh off a drive off a drive and either a pass and running through defenders so you know his ability to still protect the rim um while san diego was doing a really good job of, of playing off the pivot uh i think it was uh it was kind of it's kind of one of those one or the other type things and uh so for him to still protect the rim in that way uh it's just good. It was really good for our guys, making them take tough shots with David there to clean it up. If uh, if they got the shot off, was um, I think what led to us being able to get a little bit of a cushion. 
Okay, help me out with this because I don't know of anywhere that tracks this. Uh, are you guys one of the leaders in the country in drawing charges? Um, you know, I, I don't know other teams, but um, yeah, we don't we don't really uh, see where we rank uh, with other teams, but we do. Uh, it's heavily emphasized here uh, in practice every day of, of just kind of getting those downhill drives, those fast sped up dribbles, you know, into a help uh, defender. So uh, it's something that we, we talk about that and deflections, having good hands and activity. Um, they all kind of go hand in hand with what we do defensively. Okay. Here's, here's a like game theory type of question for you, because I've felt this way watching you play this year. When you guys take a charge early in a game, do you think it leads to more charges being called by that referee crew the rest of the game? I think it can. You know, if it's a clean, you know, obvious charge, then uh, I think it's, yeah, it kind of sends a message not only to the, the officials, but the other team that the guys are willing to give up their body and, and, and make a, the good, smart defensive play. But I think it also, the effect that taking an, an early charge or early charges has. Um, on the other, on the on our opponent is what's most important, though, because if you know guys are going to be there, it's really hard to drive downhill at a, at full speed uh, when you think you've got a, an alley or an angle to get to the hoop, and and the other team is over is going to step over and take charges. Uh, it can really discourage drives, which is I think what we saw, um, you know, in pretty much every game that we had leading up uh, to the San Diego one. What about eight and zero has surprised you the most? Um, I think just the guy's consistency. I think, uh, you know, if we were to look back and say, yeah, we let that one slip or, or yeah, this could have, you know, I don't think we'd, you know, necessarily look back and think the world was ending. I think that's pretty common to, to look back at this point and say, that was one we should have won. That was one that, you know, we, we learned from and we got better at, but I think just the consistency that the guys have had, not only in preparing, but, uh, in the games and adjusting throughout the game. Uh, to the opponent and how they're playing. And so really just kind of a pat on the back to them of, uh, of, of continuing to take that challenge of, you know, let's, let's not let one slip. Let's see if we can get, keep this thing going as long as we can. Kevin Kruger with us, head coach of the running rebels. All right. Are any of your players or coaches, uh, big soccer fans? Is anybody asking to move practice to watch the world cup? Um, no, we have not had anybody ask that. Although we did have a handful of guys, uh, wake up and watch the, the round of 16 game. Um, myself included, you know, we absolutely woke up to, to watch that game against the Netherlands. And, uh, but yeah, we, we have a handful of guys that follow it. Um, but no, nobody's asked to move times or move schedules yet. If someone came to you and said, Hey, you know, the United States is in the world cup. We're supposed to have practice at the time. Can we move practice? Is that a, is that a hard no from Kevin Kruger? It's a hard no, but not for any, but not for any reason other than we just we don't mess with routines. <laughs> you know, um, if if there was any way, if the if the U.S. is in the World Cup and advancing, if there's anything we could do to make sure that we could support, we absolutely would. But uh, one thing that that we will never mess with is an athlete's routine. Uh, how do you think playing at the Dow Loan Center is going to be? Have you been there before for any basketball? No, I've I've been there for lunch uh, in the outer <laughs> concourse, but I've never been there to watch a sporting event. Um, but I'm I'm excited for it. I think uh, it, you know it could be a, a situation. What we're hoping for is that when the rodeo comes into town, we can make this a tradition. I know it's a it's a little bit smaller venue compared to some of the ones on the strip that we played in in years past, and that's what makes it so exciting 
I think for us as a as a program is is we're really hoping that we could make it feel like a, a a home court advantage, if you will, with the loud Rebel fans in a smaller venue. Um, we we really could send a message to Hawaii pretty early that that uh, we're going to have a lot of energy and excitement and 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 get after it pretty good. Uh, it's going to be here soon enough, but uh, uh, shortly talked to you a little while ago when you were watching film of most Mountain West games. You've got a lot of teams undefeated. I mean, are you excited for this conference as you look out there? And there's a you know seven and zero, seven and zero. Eight and zero. I mean, this league might be a little better than people might have thought. Well, without question. But I also feel like we almost say that every year. Uh, the, and the Mountain West is a uh, is a I think an underrated conference year in and year out. Um, and uh, I think what the conference as a whole is proving is that, that we're going to be a tough game uh, regardless. And uh, but yeah, it, it's fun to watch. Uh, you know, definitely reaching out to coaches as well and and. And there's a good uh, communication and support throughout the league for each other, but uh, I I wouldn't say surprised because I think uh, you know following the conference as close as we do, you know there was a lot of situations where, you know we said in the in the conference room like well they're going to be better than people think or, you know that that guy's going to do a lot better than than what he did last year maybe as an incoming transfer and I think in a handful of situations we're seeing that. There's five Mountain West teams in the top 50 of the net ranking, Kevin. You got to get on this. You got to be paying attention so you can tell people that. <laughs> I'll just I'll just uh, go to your Twitter at some point and I'm sure I'll, I'll see something about it. Nah, that'll Hopefully. just get me that'll just get me in trouble. Don't go to my Twitter. He's Kevin Kruger, head coach of the <laughs> Running Rebels. Kevin, as always, thanks, we appreciate Kevin. it. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks, guys. Have a good one. See uh, so there's Kevin Kruger. Uh, they play Wednesday with the rodeo in town. They are out at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, taking on. Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, I've never been in there either. I haven't even eaten lunch on the concourse like he has, apparently. I, I was there for the uh, the um, Ignite. Oh, the G League game. The G League game, yeah. It was good. Good. Ba- it was nice basketball setup, actually, I thought. I've, I've heard really good things about the food. <laughs> that has been the <laughs> reviews that have come back to me for all the concerts. Wait, do that... you only know? Oh, like concession food is really good? No, like I guess there's a restaurant that's like attached to it that's like really, really, really good. And they're like, yeah, and the concert was fine. <laughs> and so, like, those are the reviews I'm getting. But it did out of all the college teams throughout the country, does UNLV play the most, like, home games, not at their home venue? Well, the rodeo puts you out, what, for at least three or four games a year. Uh, yeah. They the, try to well, get neutrals yeah. or... Go on the road because they time. get Washington State as a neutral here in town as well. Yeah, that's it. Right, MGM but it's Grand. they don't actually have to leave town. Where, right. where like, like if right. you you had that similar thing, like, oh, you got the rodeo in San Antonio. Well, we'll okay, we'll, we'll we'll go play an away game instead of well, we'll just go down the road to another fully like full venue that full we gym. can use. I think one of the teams in Philly, I can't remember which one. They have like two home venues. That's so. There's like 61 teams in Philly for basketball, and I, I one of them I think is like, yeah, we have two home venues, and we just play it. I don't know what they decide, how they decide to play at each one. Get on, get off at the wrong train stop in Philadelphia, <laughs> and you're like, no, I have tickets. <laughs> the game is at the other venue, sir. Yeah. All right, we've got tickets to give away to go see Social Distortion at the House of Blues. These tickets are for December 15th. If you want to go see Social Distortion, call in now, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number five at 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to go see Social Distortion. Driving on Gobert, puts it up and got it to fall. Gobert falls over top of Kendrick Williams. 
And there's a trip, and oh, we have an altercation here under the basket. Rudy falls over the top of Kendrick Williams, but Rudy does trip him on purpose. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. For the first time in the World Cup, we have extra time. Japan and Croatia are tied at one after 90 minutes, so they're going to play for another 30 minutes. And if they're still tied, it will go to penalties. Uh, so the, what is this, the third spot or the fifth spot, I should say, in the quarterfinals will be determined over the next 30 minutes. In the world of college football, your playoff picture, number one, Georgia takes on number four, Ohio State, and number two, Michigan takes on number three, TCU. Do you believe Alabama should have been in the playoff? I don't think they should have been in the playoffs. They had two losses, and I know everyone's saying about this neutral site um, point spread. They were also favored over Tennessee and LSU. And, by the way, even though I said TCU would lose, <laughs> common opponent, TCU beat Texas 17-10. to Alabama needed a little fortune and a little luck there to beat Texas. So I don't yeah. think they should have been backed in. I Texas mean, excuse is, me, I don't think Alabama should have been in. Yeah, Texas' uh, starting quarterback got knocked out yeah. of the game against Alabama exactly. as well. So Alabama's best win was a win TCU had as well. So I would start off with this. I would rather see Alabama in the playoff from a competitive game standpoint. Uh, I believe Alabama would be more likely to play a good game against Michigan or Georgia than TCU is. However, as a sport, there is no way the committee could put TCU in over Alabama because if they had done that, you mean uh, opposite, excuse me. Yeah. Alabama over TCU, because if they had done that, you basically would be telling everybody outside of the select group of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Georgia, Georgia, there's a few others you could pr- probably put in there, but you're basically telling everybody outside of the top six or seven programs. If you don't go undefeated, you can't go to you the can't college go football playoff. Right. And no matter what Alabama's resume is, if you're not undefeated, it's better than yours. Right. Because right. Alabama's resume, there is absolutely no argument for how their resume could be better than TCU's. They had two more losses, right? TCU's loss was to number, what did they end up? Eight. Kansas it was State. top 10 team that they had already yeah. beaten. Whereas Alabama, Tennessee was in the top 10 too, but then they lost to LSU who did not finish in the top 10. And so more losses, a worse loss than what TCU had. And if you go by quality wins, TCU had better quality wins this year. Alabama's best win was uh, Texas Texas or maybe Mississippi state who finished like 22nd or 23rd. There was nothing resume wise that said Alabama should be in over TCU. So they, to me, they could not do it. They could not put out, even if they sat down and said, we think Alabama oh, is, would make for better games. is better than TCU. I don't think you could do it because you're telling so much of the college football world. You're telling power five teams. You can't get in unless you're undefeated. Yes. And even if you are undefeated, we might still try to put Alabama in. So I don't think they could have done it. I think it would have been a very bad thing, even though we are going to a 12-team playoff very soon. Right. And Two years from now. Both Alabama and TCU would, have been would in. be in, which uh, would be more fun. Can't they just do it now? I loved uh, someone. Um, I think Dan Wetzel put out the what the matchups would have been. Like you would had USC at Ohio State. You'd had some great matchups yeah. that would have been just awesome this year because of their rule about the only teams that can get buys are conference champions. Right, Kansas State would have gotten a buy. Clemson would have gotten a buy. Uh, it would have been. It would have been. Um, 
Michigan, Michigan, and Georgia, Kansas State, and Clemson, Georgia, and Clemson. Yeah, those would have been your four buys. So Clemson and K State would have gotten basically the three and the four seed in this uh, new new format, uh, which would have been hilarious. I would have loved every second of that. And that and here's the other part of that: why the twelve team playoff is great. Everybody's always like, ah, oh, when you expand it, the regular season doesn't matter as much. What were USC and Kansas State playing for on conference championship weekend? Well, wasn't USC playing for the fourth I mean, spot? Utah, sorry. Forget about oh. forget what I said. Kansas State and Utah. What were they I playing mean, for? I mean, I guess Utah was playing for the Rose Bowl. You win you I mean, win the conference championship, <laughs> yeah. which is a big yeah. deal, but then congratulations, you go to the Rose Bowl instead of the holiday bowl or whatever right. one they would have been in. Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl. If there's a twelve team playoff, Utah and Kansas State They're playing for a bye. They're for if they lose, they might be out of the playoff because they were ranked at what eleven and twelve, ten and eleven going into that. If you lose the conference championship game, Utah and Kansas State might be out. If you win it, you've got a buy. You get a buy. Yeah, that's incredible. Instead of the Rose Bowl, who cares? We don't care about the Rose Bowl anymore. The twelve-team playoff is going to make the regular season. Well, don't more we care about the Rose Bowl because the Rose Bowl was the one who made this twelve-team uh, possible. <laughs> they had to go to the Rose Bowl to make it possible. We care about the Rose Bowl because for some reason they had more power they, than they anybody else in, in the, this in sport. history of college football. The Rose Bowl had. I'm kind of convinced if the Rose Bowl said, uh, "Hey, you can pay your players' salaries," that it would just happen overnight. Yes, exactly. He's like, "Okay, the Rose Bowl <laughs> said it was fine, so we're going to start paying our players now." 